Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars for the weekend. Happy Friday to everybody, or Fri-yay. We always look forward to the end of the week, don't we, so that we can have a blessed weekend. This is going to be a bit of a crazy weekend crazy as in there's a lot going on. It's not necessarily a bad crazy, uh, although I would suggest that there are possible challenges ahead for all of us, not just for the weekend, though, as we go forward into the future. Um, it's good to see everybody joining us early. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel, hello, and Christine, good morning, and Kajella, nice to see you out there already. As you know, the third Friday of the month is usually when we have Pia and Colin join us. And unfortunately, uh, something is going on with the internet in the country that they live in, and they were unable to make it. In fact, their assistant told me they might not have internet until midweek next week. So we wish them well. Maybe they're enjoying the peace from any kind of technology. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, once they have their internet restored, we'll chat about when we want to meet next, whether we want to wait until uh, next month or do we want to put them in say maybe at the end of next week we'll i'll keep you posted though now that reminds me to remind all of you that we are sitting in the collective shadow period which is what i intended to have them chat with us about today and that shadow period is a uh, uh, happens uh every uh quarter just about or uh twice a year twice a year. And it's a time when we meet up with the shadow energies within each one of us, but also within our societies. And that can be within, uh, it can be a little different for everybody, but we are in that period of time. So if you're bumping up against right now, anything uh, in your life, something that maybe you thought you'd already worked through, uh, something new, something relationship oriented, uh, then that's the reason why, or part of the reason why, right? Because there is a, uh, this collective shadow that we are dealing with. And uh, as well, that also means a collective shadow period is happening when Venus is also moving into retrograde. And that, of course, happens on Saturday uh, at late 6 o'clock, 6 something, 6.30 p.m. my time in the West Coast. So 9 p.m. for those of you in the East Coast and maybe just a little after midnight for those people that are living in Europe and further beyond. So we have big things happening in the weekend with Venus turning retrograde, this collective shadow period that we're sitting in, the sun also tomorrow moving into Leo, a change that uh, we often look forward to that, right? The sun in Leo is often, you know, the best time of the year. Uh, but with Venus retrograde, it might be bringing up some issues for us to, to contend with. So we're going to break that down a bit today. And uh, we also have a very powerful sun opposition Pluto today. And literally, I've already been feeling that the last couple of days. It's not a very light and friendly and airy and woo-woo kind of uh, transit. It's usually pretty uh, tough and uh, it's cathartic in some ways for people. So we're going to talk about that. And as well, we have, there was a sun in a semi-sextile to Venus. And that, of course, happens as well on the day that she turns retrograde. So that kind of energy is with us for a little bit. So I want to break down what that is. So um, as I see other people joining us, good morning, Gayla and Tom. Nice to see you here. And Pam Zaruba and Narius, it's good to have you with us. And all of those of you out there listening from behind the scenes, it's good to have you here. So today we have the moon sitting in Virgo. I love the moon in Virgo, possibly because I have my own moon in Virgo. Maybe you guys don't like it, but it's good for working and getting things done. In fact, Virgo rules the working life that you have. So it might be working at home. It could be working in the workplace. It could just be the work that you do in your day-to-day -day life. But it really rules everything to do with the way that you work, where you work 
who you work with. So it rules your coworkers, your daily rhythm, the getting up, getting in the shower, getting dressed, going off to work, eating your breakfast, all those kinds of things that we do in a series and seemingly do on a day-to-day -day basis. But it also has an interesting sort of uh, connection to side work. And I, I kind of equate that with the gig economy, right? People doing things like Uber or delivery food, Instacart, uh, uh, what's that other thing uh, that people get that do the um, uh, uh, Fiverr, jeez, Fiverr and all those different gig economies. So that is also ruled by the rhythm and the structures of, of Virgo moon or in Virgo itself. Um, it rules a to-do list. What is your to-do list? Mine has been very busy for the last week. And your work environment. It, you know, remember I showed pictures on Facebook one time, uh, not that long ago, of my beautiful, pristine workstation that has now dissolved into piles everywhere uh, because it has been such a busy time. <laughs> and by the end of the day, I don't feel like putting it all away, but unfortunately it also creates anxiety. Another Virgo trait, right? Virgo in the um, more negative expression perhaps causes some of that mental anxiety. And for me anyway, and maybe guys, for some of you guys too, that mental anxiety ramps up a bit when I do not have an organized workspace, <laughs> when I can't find what I need. Or uh, in fact, I, I lost a report that I know, is that it? No, that is not it. That would have been funny though. Um, I lost a report that I needed uh, to work with clients this week. And so I had to go back to my email and find the report so I could get the listing of how I wanted to do this particular new reading that I'm doing with people. So we have to watch for this kind of overly mental uh, stimulation or overly thinking, uh, thinking too critically, and that then causing some sort of anxiety within us. Now, uh, Virgo also rules the health of the body. So your first house is actually the house of your body, right? It kind of tells the tale about the strength of your body, the way you look, your body type, perhaps, by the sign that's there, your rising sign, of course, also a part of that first house experience of you in your physical body. But the sixth house a Virgo ruled house tells us a lot more about the health and the healing energy in the body. So it tells us the things that you might be um, uh, uh, allergic to or the, the Achilles heel, if you will, of your body. Uh, and transits through there may signify um, problems, health issues or illnesses that crop up. So we're, we can look at that sixth house for some of the healing things to do with your body. And so, of course, that is also a sign, Virgo, then that rules the body, health, exercise, uh, moderation in everything that we do with our bodies, our healthy habits, and of course, uh, the healing of the body. And typically, what we see here is the potential for alternative healing right? Alternative healing, but it also is a good, when you have good placements in the sixth house, for example, that can point to you as a healer. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, for sure, it is uh, something that tells us about health. And I have, I'm going to skip over for just a moment and share my screen because I've actually prepared something. And I, I shared this yesterday at the Astro Design Meetup, um, but let's see if I can share it today with you guys. Um, it's a window, no, an entire screen, no, it is, okay, hold on, let me, I got to cancel this and open this up first, then maybe it will let me share it, uh, ba share screen, wow, that's not nice, there it is, okay. Perfect. So I shared this yesterday because we had been chatting about sort of medical astrology. Now, this is not medical astrology, but this is about the different signs and the health or the part of the body that they have a correlation with 
This is not a one-to-one -one causation. So please don't think if you're in Aries, you're doomed to have head problems or eye problems. That's not the truth. But it does mean that when somebody is experiencing a problem, say with their eyes, or maybe it's with their lungs or something like that, we can actually go to the sign that sort of has rulership over that part of the body and see if there are some transits or some pressure that's coming to bear on that sign. And if there is, then we can work through, well, maybe what the underlying cause might have been, not the physical cause. This is not about, you know, going uh, to a doctor and saying, you know, I have a lung problem because I'm a Gemini. No, we don't do that. But we see this correlation that can perhaps help us uh, determine what exactly is going on. Now, I will make this available to you in the um, in YouTube. It'll be in the description underneath the video. If you go to Facebook, I will add it as a document, uh, and I will try to post it as a graphic to both the community and to Living Astrology's Facebook page. So, if you're an Aries or Aries part of your chart that is the head, the face, the scalp, the brain, everything going on inside the brain, dizziness, headaches, acne, um, eyes. Now, it takes more than just Aries to bring about some of these things. For example, breakouts of uh, eruptions on the skin, which could be acne, can also be Uranus-driven. So we, we look for a couple of different things here. Is there some kind of Uranus eruption that's going on in your life? Taurus, the weakest points are the throat, the chin, the neck, the thyroid gland. And of course, everything to do with your voice and your vocal cords, coughs, that type of thing. Uh, I also shared yesterday that uh, uh, years ago, I decided that I was, I needed extra income as an astrologer. You know, my business goes up and down. That's typical. So I got a gig job doing Pampered Chef one time and candles another time. And inevitably, every time I went to do my first party or first show with those things, I had laryngitis. And I don't get it any other time. I mean, I rarely am sick. And here we have a kind of an indication of using my voice incorrectly, perhaps, not using my voice in the way that it was meant to be used. So I always laugh about the Taurus connection to the voice because I know it's probably going to give me laryngitis. Uh, Gemini, hands, wrists, arms, shoulders, lungs, breathing, the whole the whole. Uh, breathing process. The nervous system is also ruled by Gemini and hay fevers, allergy type, seasonal allergies. Cancer rules the breasts, the chest cavity, the pancreas, the stomach, ulcers in the stomach, tumors as well. Now this is rulership. Again, let me state it is correlation, not causation. Okay. Leo rules the back and the spine. Now, this is important because we have the sun moving into Leo. We have Venus retrograding in Leo tomorrow. We have the black moon Lilith in Leo. We have Mercury in Leo right this moment. And so Leo is up front and center. So are we having back and spine problems, issues with our hearts? And that might mean heart attack in the extreme, but it could also mean palpitations or stresses that we feel in the heart. Inflammation right? That's also a part of it. Exhaustion and particularly heat exhaustion, doing too much in the day. And these are the areas that might show where you're out of sync, out of um, balance in the Leo part of your chart. Virgo rules the bowels, the intestines, digestion in general, um, assimilation of the nutrients in your body. So which are all a part of that digestion. So if you're, you're experiencing something while the moon is in Virgo about your digestion, it might be that you're eating the wrong things or you're eating them at the wrong time or they're toxic to you at this moment. There's all kinds of different things that can be happening here. The solar plexus and issues like constipation and diarrhea also come from Virgo or are correlated with Virgo. Libra, of course, rules the kidneys in the big uh, parts of the body and the adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys. And so diseases like uh, diabetes, which can also, because the adrenals also produce different hormones and some of those hormones are involved in being able to break down sugars, glucose um, uh, balance. And the 
glucose imbalance, of course, leads to diabetes, which means the adrenals may be under attack or have been too stressed. And it also rules your rear end. In Scorpio, we have uh, the more elimination organs uh, and the sex organs involved. And also then any diseases of the sexual organs and uh, for uh, both sexes, by the way, but then specifically for women, PMS and the whole menstruation cycle, all ruled by Scorpio. Sagittarius, the hips, your liver, the upper thighs or your upper legs, and sciatica. So we can kind of see sometimes that there could be pressures in two signs. Perhaps a back and spine injury occurring because of the Leo correlation may also create sciatica in a Sagittarius sort of way. So we can sometimes link these different expressions through these different signs and the pressure that the sign is under by a planet that might be transiting through there. Capricorn ruled by Saturn has bones and joints, the connective tissues, so your ligaments, your tendons, the gallbladder, knees, the skin, and psoriasis, so issues around the skin, and then arthritis and rheumatism, which would be things that affect the bones and the connective tissues. Uh, Aquarius rules your ankles and calves, your circulation, how the blood moves through your body, um, and cramps and spasms. Uh, varicose veins went, that interrupt sort of the flow of uh, your circulation. And finally, Pisces rules the feet, your lymphatic system. Now, I want you to look at this because Pisces and Virgo are opposite of one another, right? In the wheel, the Virgo is um, the ruler of the sixth house and Pisces the ruler of the twelfth house. And in this relationship between the two, you can have ish stomach issues stomach viruses. Over here, we have the lymph system that's handling the uh, immune system and colds and flus and viruses and all the little teeny weeny bugs that we can't see that affect us, uh, poisoning and toxicity that we can digest over here in Virgo, but that end up creating a havoc in our body in Pisces. So again, let me just say, this is not an exhaustive list of health issues. This is correlation. It is not causation, but it gives us a place to start, right? It gives us a place to go, oh, okay, this is Leo season. I might want to protect my back and spine. And if my back or spine are talking to me, I might want to discover where it is I'm not following my heart, perhaps with Leo energy or individuating myself, you know, uh, standing out in the crowd kind of thing. So I hope that's helpful. And uh, again, I will make that available to you as just a sort of guide. Again, correlation, not causation, right? There's no one-to-one um, -one relationship with cause here and effect, but it does help us to take a look. Okay, let's see how people are doing out here. Uh, good morning, Nico. Tom says, piles, piles can hurt, uncomfortable to say the least. I have no idea what you're talking about there. Would that be like hemorrhoids? That sounds like it would be like Scorpio issues, right? The bowels. Um, Nico says, hello, Alana. Good morning, Sun, Pluto, Uranus, and Moon in the sixth house. Wow, how's your health right now? You might be feeling super healthy. You might have gotten onto some transformational energy that's really helped you in your health, or at this point, maybe things that uh, are, point, are being pointed out through your body where you need some more support. Christine says it's 11-11. I love it when that happens. Good morning, Asa. It's so good to have you with us. Sylvester says she's sending love and positive vibes. And uh, Debbie says, hope you are balanced soon. <laughs> I've been on a journey to restore my kidneys. Very good, Sylvester. Pam Zaruba, with the nodal shifts, will we tend to have more issues? Aries, Libra, health. Like when something, I can't remember which planet was affecting teeth when it was in Capricorn. That was when Saturn was in Capricorn. Could be when Pluto was in Capricorn. But yes, indeed, that is distinctly possible. It depends, of course, on your own individual chart. Um, it's interesting because Aries has been home to quite a few planets. Uh, over the last uh, couple of months. And uh, I still have a sister whose brain is just not functioning and there's no real 
answer to why that is. And in fact, that reminds me to tell you guys, if I disappear um, for a couple of days, it will be because I've been called east of the mountains to spend time with her because it appears that she will not recover from what is happening in her brain right? In her brain, it started with an aneurysm in her brain, a surgery she had in the brain, right? So yes, sometimes there is these things that, um, you know, happen when we have these transits happening. Now it takes more than just a transiting planet because you might know, like every year the sun transits through Aries. Does that mean every year you suddenly have headaches and dizziness or migraines or some kind of head issue? No, it takes more. That's why, you know, I keep saying it's correlation. It's a correlation, right? My sister happens to be 76, having a brain surgery at 76 and having all of those planets and Aries, all of that tends to add up to what could potentially be the expression of a health issue. It doesn't always, like I said, have that one-to-one -one, um, thing. Treat yourself, Julie, nice to see you. And uh, Tom says, with symptoms, do we look at where the sign is in our chart then? Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. So let's say, you know, you injure your back. And you we know now that the back and the spine are ruled by Leo. So the next logical thing is to go look at Leo in your chart. And maybe, maybe we have to look at a couple charts. We might need to look at the transits. We might need to look at your progressed chart to kind of dial in what it is that could be happening. And likely with a Leo type of back injury, we find it related to some sort of fear of living out your authentic self, uh, a fear sometimes of money or of, of lack of not being able to provide for yourself. So lots of different things that, you know, we can correlate. Um, but I also use it this way. So I uh, you know, I didn't do this when I was younger, but I have never in my life smoked a cigarette. I don't smoke anything. I just don't. I don't like to. But if I did, that would be a weak point perhaps for me. As a Gemini, my lungs are ruled by the sign the sun is in in my chart. And my sun is kind of hidden in the 12th house. So it could be insidious little things that can happen in my lungs if I'm not taking good care. It can also mean, and this has been in my life, being a shallow breather right? Sometimes I'm breathing so quietly and so shallowly and I got to remember, <sighs> take a big breath and inflate those lungs. So it helps to know the, bar the part of the body that might be impacting you. Uh, Gemini rules the shoulders. And one time I got a frozen shoulder. I couldn't lift my arm up beyond, like I couldn't bring it to a 90 degree angle uh, because my shoulder froze. Weird stuff like that, right? And I'm going, oh, okay. So, uh, so symptoms definitely, again, though, not always going to happen. You don't go, oh, no, the sun is moving through Leo. I better take care of my heart. Avoid that, right? But if something begins to start, then you could go, oh, okay, let's take a look. Uh, Asa, yes, I love that too. Nico says, how weird. I'm a Taurus and I have hip sciatic lower back issue happening right now. I've never had any problems like this. My moon is in Leo mm, and Leo is under pressure right? Leo's under pressure with Venus, Mars having been through Leo just a month ago and for about four or five weeks. So it could have been Mars as a catalyst of something, a health challenge in Leo that might be affecting your back uh, or your lower back. Or we also want to see how does Sagittarius line up in your chart because the hip and sciatica were part of of uh, Sagittarius. So you can see how easy this becomes, right? When you know what the body part is, you can go, oh, okay. So now, uh, Nico, you get an opportunity to look at, okay, well, what is going on with me in Leo? Is it in my second house, let's say, and I have, I'm having some financial insecurities or some financial woes happening? Is it in my eighth house and there's an issue uh, with money that I owe or debt or credit or something like that? Is it in my 10th house? Am I under career pressure? Is it in my fourth house and there's pressure in my home? right? We can, we can build the story, if you will, about what this might point to by looking at the chart. But the next step, of course, the first thing we do is we can identify, but then what do you need to do to correct, right? The body is usually the last one 
to know that there's a problem. It's usually starting out here in the spiritual, moving into the mental and the emotional fields, and then finally into the physical world, the body. So looking backwards to see, well, where where's the kernel that began this little problem, right? This problem that I have. Um, Debbie, I've had multiple triple and four numbers everywhere for all of July. I have two. It's like almost every day my phone buzzes and I look at it to see what's going on and it's 111 or 222-333-444. It's just weird. It is weird. So it's like we're being nudged, right? They're, they're nudging us. Um, thank you, Julie. And um, Deb, Tom, you're seeing the tip, double, triple numbers as well, or in the fourples if you're at 1111. Uh, sciatica, Debbie has as her rising sign is Sagittarius. Uh, and good, I'm glad I answered your question uh, when you answered Tom's question. Awesome. Okay. So now Tom says, is it to do with the houses too? We can look at what's the underlying causes like Louise Hayes' book and metaphysical causes. Yes, absolutely. Because remember, the houses are also associated with a sign and a planet. So right now we're talking about Leo. Leo's the big news right now. And Leo is the ruling sign of the fifth house in your astrology chart. So there could be, you no, know, you don't have to have Leo on the fifth house to have your fifth house being impacted, right? Because Leo energy is affecting Leo placement. So it can get layered, Tom, to answer your question about that. Um, and let's say you have a lot of Leo energy and you happen to have uh, Mars, let's say, in Leo, then at this time, you might want to be very careful about accidents because Mars can rule accidents, cuts, uh, car, things with metal. So it's it's more holistic than uh, the simple chart that I just showed you. And that's why I say, you know, you can't just take this and run with it and make it, you know, the law in your life. But you can sort of start to flesh out how these things work together to create good health or to put pressure on the health of your body. Layers like a parfait or a layer cake, indeed. Now you're making me hungry. Uh, okay, so any other questions about that, just go ahead and put those in the chat and I will uh, get back to it. But we have so much more to talk about today. Uh, remember to Virgo, let's go back to the moon. Virgo besides health also rules organization. So cleaning out the closets, right? Cleaning off your desk putting things away, tidying up, if you will, um, being efficient, planning, right? Virgo energy with the moon can be very good at planning and recalling the things that we need to do to keep life in order, uh, using discernment, critically thinking, right? The, the whole idea of the whole health thing we just shared is about using your discernment. You know when your body's off. You know when you've been burning the candle at both ends and you're coming into a burnout situation, which can put pressure on all the different parts of your body. So take care of yourself. Know what's true and untrue. And again, that can be very subjective, right? It can be personalized. Your truth is not my truth is not somebody else's truth. So you have to be very discerning uh, about information. And the Virgo moon gives us that sort of ability to tease out what's true and what's not true. And again, watch out for anxiety during this period of time, overthinking, being too critical in your analysis of, uh, of what's going on, and also pointing fingers. Virgo has the blame shame thing going on. It has that sort of it's picking up the victimy Piscean other end, the potential victimy Piscean other end, and then saying, nope, that wasn't me. It was your fault. You didn't follow through with what you said you would and blah, 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 blah. So we need to watch out for that because, of course, we all have responsibility and are all accountable for our own successes or our own issues. <sighs> okay, now let's look over now at Leo because we have a lot of Leo energy and I want to break it down this morning in a couple of different ways. First, looking at the macro picture, the sun moving into Leo, Venus retrograde in Leo or Venus turning retrograde in Leo, an interesting combination of energies between the sun and Venus right now. And how is all of that going to play out? And then 
I want to apply that to human design because in human design, we can see that the sun at least and Venus too is going to be hitting specific gates in our human design and activating certain energies within us. So I want everybody to have the bigger picture, not just, oh yeah, the sun is in Leo. It's time to have fun and play and go on vacation, but also what are the specific energies that the gates will be confronting us with during this transit? Now, the sun will enter Leo tomorrow for those of us in most of all the time zones here in the US. And for those of you listening from say England or Sweden or any of those places, it will be actually early Sunday morning. So July 23rd or 22nd, depending. And we'll be there of course until August 23rd. Now, this becomes a time for us to be very creative and self-expressive and for us to express within us our confidence, right? The confidence in uh, who we are and pull in that confidence, we be our authentic self, right? This is a time for us to really claim our authority and our authenticity, to speak your words, right? To share your work, to share your thoughts and to really shine in that respect. Um, Leo being a fire sign brings up passion and creativity and the outward expression of energy. The sun is also associated with Leo. The sun is the ruler of Leo. And the sun and Leo are also associated with the fifth house of your astrology chart. So we have some connections here to romance and love and children right? And, and not just like having children, but having fun like children, like being like children, open and wide-eyed and full of wonder and playful and enjoying every experience, that kind of thing. It's also a time to become generous or uh, to maybe check your generosity if you're being overly generous. Loyalty and charisma, all a part of Leo. Um, but there's also the potential then for expressing arrogance or stubbornness. This is a fixed sign. Fixed signs, remember, they're steady eddies and they stay the course. They're loyal, right? But that loyalty can turn into stubbornness. It can turn into rigidness. And in particular with Leo, it can turn into drama, right? These are the drama queens and kings of the Zodiac. But the sun in Leo encourages us to shine our light to really show who we truly are to the world, a sort of show your true colors out there in the world and live your passions, live out loud, follow your heart. I think a lot of the problems that we end up with in our hearts is because we shut it down. We shut down the passion. Um, we shut down showing the world our true selves. We, we fear that following our hearts isn't open to us. But it is. It's like your job is basically to live out loud in your own way, showing what you got, showing your stuff, living out your authority and your uh, passion. Um, this is also a playful and optimistic place. The sun grants optimism and it also grants power. So during this period of time with this Leo energy, we may also seek more attention, more recognition and admiration from others, and others will also be seeking that from us. So I translate that into sharing our gratitude for each person in our lives, not taking them for granted, um, being very grateful and showing that appreciation for everybody and what and for everything, right? For everything. I'm grateful for water because it hasn't rained here in a long time. I'm grateful for uh, the sunshine because it is gone at the moment. Uh, so I'll be grateful when the sunshine is back. Uh, it is a good time for us to pursue our hobbies, our joys, and express our, our, our love for each other, uh, express your talents, and really enjoy yourself. This is not necessarily a time to get all serious, but that doesn't mean that there won't be serious things that come up. Uh, we need to be careful not to become too self-centered or egotistical during this period of time or try to become do domineering or be domineering, right? We want to be able to measure that and balance out. Now, I 
am an advocate of being self-centered, but you can take self-centeredness to the edge and it can become then selfishness. And I think that's more what we're looking at. We, we want to be able to have a centered self so that we can give to those around us. And we can't do that if we're coming from a deficit. We just can't. So we want to have, you know, some sort of balance in the things that we are doing for ourselves and then how we share that in the way of our gifts or talents or our energies with others. Balance, right? This is also a time to respect each other's individuality and your own individuality. Um, we don't want to, you know, press other people to become like us right? How boring would that be if we were all alike? And we also want to avoid becoming too demanding or bossy. That is a Leo trait <laughs> that we might sometimes struggle with. And of course, all of these things that we're talking about will play out in the house that you have Leo in. In my own chart, it's the second house of self-worth and value and money earned income. For you, it might be in your uh, seventh house of relationship and you may find that, you know, you're needing to apply more love to the person in your most significant relationships. The Sun and Leo can also bring us some challenges uh, or opportunities for growth. We may have to deal with issues of our ego or pride or our identity. Remember the nodes shifted into Aries? And the Aries North node driving us to really individuate, to be our true selves, the Sun and Leo backing that up. So the growth opportunity for this period of time is really about bringing out the best of yourself and sharing the best of yourself with others. We also may have to face some kind of criticism or uh, how we are comp competing with one another or competing with others. We might also have a conflict that comes up with people who are over us in some way. Uh, we may feel like we need to challenge authority or challenge the status quo. And we may have to learn to be more humble, more flexible, because remember fixed sign, they kind of get stuck here. And we need to learn to become more cooperative during this time. So we also have um, some insecurities that might pop up with the sun in Leo. It puts the spotlight then on where it is that we don't feel good enough or confident enough or have enough self-esteem, feel worthy enough to really share of ourselves out there with the world. We may very, this may be a good time to tentatively even just dip your toe out there in the world doing what you love, right? Step out, um, take a risk. The fifth house, Leo, fifth house rules, risk right we sometimes just have to take that risk we have to feel the fear and do it anyway to speak it in human design language so we can develop more courage more confidence and more creativity during this time but we have to be willing to embrace the positive qualities of ourselves and others and to overcome any of those negative traits that we've been expressing and that will show us the true colors of leo here okay now, remember, Venus is also turning retrograde in Leo, and I'm just going to go quickly down the things we've already talked about this kind of kind of exhaustively, but maybe new people are here today. So let's talk about Venus retrograde in Leo. Remember, that begins tomorrow and runs until September 3rd. And this is a time for us to reevaluate what we want and need from love, from our our work? How do we express ourselves affectionately? Intimacy and depreciation of others, all these things kind of getting reevaluated at this point in time. And remember, Leo rules matters of the heart and Venus is the ruler of the um, heart as it relates to love, right? Not the physical heart, but love, right? And how love flows and how we give and receive love. So all of that may be up for us to take a look at. Um, this is a good time for us to restore ourselves to that loving, generous, affectionate self, right? Have we shut down because of the concerns of the world, the heaviness that we see in the world and forgotten that it's the little things that make us happy? So also during a Venus retrograde, we may encounter old love lovers, old flames, old romantic partners, but 
not because we're meant to necessarily get back together with them, but to be able to resolve issues between us that might not have been solved in the breakup, perhaps. Um, but it is also a time where we are resolving issues from the past. It's a retrograde planet. We're going backwards, right? Um, it's a great time to revisit any creative projects that you began, any hobbies that you began but never took up and finished, um, finding new ways to showcase your talents and your individuality, your flair, your verve, right? You get to be you. And Leo is a sign that loves to shine and be admired. So with Venus retrograde here, it's time to really find the way that you shine. How do you want to show up in uh, your world. Uh, but you also can face some obstacles or delays in getting there, right? I, um, yeah, I, I know how this is going in my life at this point because I keep getting drawn into, uh, and, I, and I, that sounds cold and I don't mean it to be cold, but I keep getting drawn into the my sister's health issues, right? And getting, other sisters too. I mean, it's just been crazy that way. Um, but that's kind of an issue that I'm hoping we'll find a solution during the retrograde, right? That we can find a way to get her back home, to get her help that she needs. This is also going to be a good time to do a financial checkup, right? Venus rules money and how you spend it and how you earn it. So Look at your spending habits, look at your financial goals and make any adjustments that you need to to get to where you wanted to go. And if you don't have a financial plan or if you didn't have financial goals, well, maybe it's time to do that. Maybe it's time to take up the cause and and, you know, don't be afraid to look at that checking account or your investments and see what's going on with them. Um, Venus rules resources. So it's not just money. It could be other things, things that you own. Maybe it's a good time to let go of all of that stuff. Maybe it's a time to make room for new things coming into the future. Um, but do expect that there could be some fluctuation in your earning power. It could be higher than normal. It could be lower than normal. Um, so it might be a great time not to splurge on things. It's not necessarily a good time to buy, especially big ticket items, because what you see might not be what you get. So be careful of that. Uh, maybe wait until after September to buy. That's why I bought my car before the retrograde. So I didn't have a lemon. And then I was afraid the first day that I had a problem with it. I thought, oh, no, Did, was there a bleed over in, in the shadow of not buying a but it turned out okay. Um, so Venus retrograde is definitely not a good time to start a new relationship or make major financial decisions. However, some of you may have Venus retrograde in your natal chart. It's rarish. Not, you know, Venus doesn't spend that many months in retrograde. Uh, or much time in retrograde. So it's fewer people that have Venus retrograde at birth than Mercury retrograde at birth, let's say. Um, so if you have retrograde Venus, it might actually be a good time for you, right? The normal uh, abil inability to see value clearly in your life can turn around and be suddenly available to you in a way that it isn't during uh, other times of the year. So it is a time for us to reflect on what makes us happy and fulfilled. And how is it that we can improve our love for others, but also self-love? Self-love is a huge theme here. And self-expression. Leo match marries the self-love to self-expression. The most loving thing you can do for yourself is to live out the highest of your self, right? Your expression of self-love. And by the end of this retrograde, of course, we could have a better understanding of our values, of our worth, and of who we are in the Leo area of our lives. So hope that was a kind of a longer review, but necessary nonetheless. All right, now I'm going to share my chart um, building um, uh, program so we can look at the gates in your human design that are going to be impacted during this time. So just one moment while I bring that uh, screen up. And here we go. Boom. All right. So let's go through 
the gates of Leo. But before before I jump into that, I want to talk about something else that we don't we don't always talk about this very much. But in human design, the gates there are 64 of the gates, and the gates are organized into circuitry. We call it circuitry, like you think of your you know a motherboard on your computer and how the different things are all connected and they form something to do a function in your computer, right? There's a circuit that's going to turn on the screen, for example, or uh, run the keyboard, that kind of thing. So circuitry. And in your human design, you have circuitry. When we look at Leo gates, every gate that is in Leo comes from the collective circuitry in your human design collective meaning it has an impact on the whole right and it has uh the ability to um affect and impact human evolution right so this, this isn't like minor time for all of us this is really big energy this is about being able to in some way as a collective we can predict the future we can sort of read the writing on the wall and this is a time for us to understand the relationship between the past and the future, right? Leo sort of bridges that. Remember, Aquarius, opposite of Leo, holds the future. And we have the ability then to sort of see into the future, or, but build upon what we've been doing in the past. This is definitely energy in the collective for taking action. And it is it holds the story of humanity. It's very sort of humanitarian focused. And this particular uh, circuitry has a challenge of adhering to rigidity, getting stuck and staying in um, old patterns or taking the path of unproven sort of conspiracy kinds of thinking, um, constructing false systems to support your incorrect hypothesis, right? So that's, that's all in the shadow of this kind of circuitry. So we're deeply in this collective circuitry for this particular time period. And there are two sub-circuits in this circuitry. One is the logic or understanding circuit, also called in quantum human design, the pattern circuit. And then there is also the sensing circuit. So we have two opposing sort of energies that pop up in Leo, one being logic and I got to follow the logic and the other one being sensing. I have to do what I feel. I have to you know, use sensing to get to where I want to go. Um, by the way, the sensing circuit in quantum human design, I love it's called the miracle circuitry or miracle circuit. So as we toggle through these different um, energies in Leo, we have we start with a sensing circuit or sub circuit, then we go to logic, then we go to sensing, then we go to logic. So we see we're we're learning to use both halves of the brain, right? Both halves of the brain being stimulated by this. And then toward the end of the transit, we end up with two sets of logic um, gates, and then we end Leo on the sensing circuit. So I wanted to talk a little bit about each one of those, the, the logic circuit we're very familiar with, right? It's about patterns. And it can be about noticing the, in, in human design, logic is all about the pattern that we see that helps us to predict the future, right? We see A, B, and C, and we can predict that it leads to E or D, D comes before E and that type of thing. Now that's just um, that's just a pattern, but patterns don't always repeat exactly. And this is where the, the potential for getting stuck is. So we have to learn which patterns that we want to evolve by changing the pattern, right? Or changing um, uh, the impact on humanity or on our personal lives. And we also are learning something else key in this. Uh, time period. And that is that reasoning and logic has its place, but without the heart, it's just data. It's just information. It's just facts, right? Without the heart's interpretation of it, right? It doesn't have any true meaning. Now, we also have some things that we need to work through as we go through this particular pattern. And that might be doubt and fear that comes up, suspicion, um, the opposite of the gate four here is the 63. So these are the patterns we might drag into our experience. 
We might drag in the need to um, correct, right? Correcting, uh, which might be also considered judging or criticizing. So correction is okay. And the other way, it is not okay. In Leo energy, in this circuitry, we have science and we have democracy. We have uh, data-driven logical information that is neutral until it is interpreted by the heart. Hope all that's making sense. Now in the miracle circuitry, so half the gates are going to be in that sensing circuit or in that miracle sub-circuit. This is right brain. It is teaching and storytelling, right? We're telling a story in the sensing circuit. We're telling the story of narrative. We're using narrative. We're using story as a tool to um, embrace uh, a future, to share our commonalities, to share our human story. And it's emotional energy. It is um, energy that takes time to be expressed, right? It, it's time when it's time and not before. <laughs> if you can get, let me get away with that. And this is also experiential energy in the circuitry. Now let's relate that to the Leo gates that we are going to be talking about. So the very first gate that we will enter into is the cusp of the 56 gate. And uh, today, this week, the sun is sitting at the gate 56, even though the sun is still technically in cancer. And this is the gate of the storyteller. This is a teaching and sharing gate. Its purpose is to share through story, right? So when you sit down with a child and you're teaching them, it's not just the facts and the figures, it's that there are these facts that are couched in these stories that we can tell, right? We learn both ways. And uh, that energy is uh, in the sensing circuit. So we are taking now the feelings, the emotion, not just the facts that we're teaching. Okay, does that make sense? The next gate we go to is the 31. And the 31 is on the throat center. Note that three out of the gates of Leo are on the throat center. So we're dealing again with how we bring our words out, how we manifest, how we create through intention. All of that shows up here. So the gate 31 is a gate of leadership. It This whole circuit, they're both the whole circuit gets, excuse me, the whole channel gets involved uh, over time in this Leo energy. And it is about leadership in general, how we lead. And this is very much democratic leadership. We lead by consensus or we lead by vote. We're voted in or we're elevated by sort of a consensus of um, uh, people wanting a certain thing or a certain person. So we see that in human design anyway, we are very much um, designed to be uh, lead by group consensus, if you will, or um, by the majority. So this is leadership energy. And then that is part of the logic circuit, the sub-circuit like logic. So patterns and the pattern. What kind of patterns are we um, extending through our leaders? What kind of a leader are you? Right? We are all leaders in our own lives. So how is that leadership working for you? Then we move to the sensing circuit side and we go back to uh, the energy of emotions and feeling and sensing. Like I know what I know, but I don't know how I know what I know. It's just I know, right? There's that kind of energy here. But the 33 is also a bit of a storytelling energy. It's more of the story keeper. This is the historian kind of energy. So Leo has this historian sort of energy where you're keeping the story of your family, of your tribe, of your community, uh, of the country, the nation, the, the, the globe, right? As we become global citizens, as we become um, universal citizens, we'll be keeping the stories of Earth and sharing the stories of Earth with others. So 33 will teach us a lot about the stories that we keep and the story that we share, right? Because this also gets shared here. In the gate seven, now we go back to this energy of leadership, but this is leadership that supports from behind the scenes. This is the logical circuit 
and it has again this facts and figures sort of thing but it has to be applied with heart and this would be sort of like the chief executive uh, officer wait no that's the ceo this would be the c uh the person that takes the action. So if we look at it in our nation, we have the president, that would be the 31, the leader, but the seven would be his chief um, staff person that does, he's the gatekeeper or she's the gatekeeper, uh, making sure that the president is on time, that his engagements are adhered to and seeing who gets to see the president. So the seven is all the work that we can do behind the scenes to help support ourselves, but also others being the leader from behind the scene. And the next gate that we go to is the gate four. This is an interesting gate because it's a gate of mental thinking. It is very much in the mind. It sits on the Ajna. It's the only gate of Leo that's on the Ajna. And this is also logical circuit. And in this energy we are sometimes pressured we feel the need to answer questions but are we answering the questions correctly right we may just be answering them to relieve ourselves of mental pressure so we need to remember here with once we get to the gate four that to be curious to see possibilities not hard and fast realities right so yeah it looks like this is going to be the impact of xyz but is there another possibility right is it possible something else is going on in our warmer globe right that's not just human oriented is that possible that this is just a natural expression of the earth's climate we don't know, so it's a possibility. So with the gate four, we don't get hard and fast. We get curious about possibilities. What else might be at play, okay? And then we end the transit of Leo at the gate 29, which is the gate of saying yes. It's called the gate of commitment. Uh, it's not called the gate of saying yes, it's called the gate of commitment, but I call it the gate of saying yes because this gate wants us to say yes to everything. I had a friend once who used to say, I only want to be with people who say yes. Okay. Um, what happens if that person says yes, but then doesn't really follow through with the yes? Or what happens if that person doesn't, if their own authentic self is that they say no? So we have to be very careful here in the 29 of what we are committing to, because in uh, the lowest expression, this is uh, waffling, right? Or this is uh, jumping in and jumping out um, or half-heartedly being engaged in energies that we've committed ourselves to. So the, 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 the way to solve that problem or the antidote to that problem is to be careful what you say yes to. Don't say yes to everything. You know, yes feels good until later when you go, uh-oh, now I have this conflict, right? I've said yes, and now I can't go because I have this to do. And what do I do, right? It creates more mental uh, or stress in us. And because it lies on the sacral, we can start to function with energy that might lead to burning ourselves out. So we be careful. We just say yes to the right things. And you know you have your type and strategy that, and your authority through your human design that will help you say yes to the correct things. Whew, okay, questions. Let's go back to StreamYard so I can see what's going on here. Uh, okay, good, good. So Pam Zaruba says, love the insights of Leo. And uh, nobody else has any questions. Hopefully that's because I was so clear. I hope so. All right. If you do have questions, of course, you know where you can go. And as I told people yesterday on the meetup, I have now added a new reading to my repertoire, if you will. Um, it's on the home page. If you scroll down the home page, you'll see where you can purchase a check-in reading. Let's say after today, I've generated a question for you about where's Leo in my chart. Uh, maybe I've generated a health question for you about what's going on in your chart. And you just have that one question, you don't necessarily need a whole reading. So it is a $50 session that maybe is a 30 to 45 minutes, or that's what it's designed for, to check in on your concern, to get validation, perhaps, if that's what you need, that you're on the right track, that type of thing. It is, um, again, just 
for a single thing that is going on in your life. You can find that on my homepage. And um, at some point, I will also add it to the list of all the things I do on Facebook. That is it for me today, guys. I hope you learned a lot. And if you have questions, please let me know. Janet at living-astrology.com. And I will see you all on Monday unless something goes on with my sister over the weekend. I'll try to keep you posted about that. It's not like she lives local. She lives about 300 miles away, 275 miles from here or something like that. So um, anyway, I'll keep you posted as much as I can. All right, guys, take care. Much love to you all. Have a great weekend. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.